This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 57 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. We would like to thank our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products. They offer su- supplements designed to give you the most value for, the, for your dollars. Visit them at kppusa.com. position for the Nations Cup, so I was very, very proud of the Canadian team there, and we also had a third place in the Grand Prix Special, as well as 7th and 11th in the Grand Prix Freestyle, and so it was a... This is Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Debbie McDonald in Haley, Idaho, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Well, hi, Debbie. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's good to be back. And you've been traveling all over the country, I think, since the last time. You know, we're lucky to catch you this time of the year because you are one busy lady. <laughs> yes, I am very busy. It is, uh, I'm enjoying the couple of days home that I have. I know the last time we talked and you were, you told us your schedule and, and it was like you touched down and, and it's almost like your your husband probably has to grab you when you touch down in the plane, but otherwise you'll be gone again. <laughs> well, and, and I, I'm home this week, and of course he's off at a jumping show in California. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel pretty much like I'm not married at the moment than married. <laughs> <laughs> well, now tell us. Um, of course, we all know you're in Haley, Idaho, and we all know that you have named your little dog Haley, of course. And she went through a rough, rough patch. I know last year. How's she doing now? She is actually doing fabulous. Thank you. She, you know, was diagnosed with Addison's and um, and I give her just a small milligram of um, steroids and that seems to keep her completely healthy. So, so far, so good. She travels everywhere with me. Oh, that's wonderful. So, you know, she can travel with you then. So when you get around the country, you don't have to leave her at home. No, I mean, if I live, like, for instance, if I go back east and I'm only going for two days, it's a pretty long trip for her, so I'm, I will probably leave her home. But this next bout of trips that I'm doing, I'm not really coming home in between, so I will take her with me. Oh, well, we all know, we're all dog lovers, Debbie. We all know how important that is. You know, even if you have to leave your husband alone, at least take your dog with you. <laughs> That's for sure. At least you can understand, but she can't. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Debbie, as I said, you've been really super busy with this developing uh, dressage uh, series of clinics, and I know you had one um, just last week, um, which is sounds like it's going really well. I wanted to talk a little bit about that, Debbie, because we're going to have have some of those uh, young people on the show here um, and I'm really looking forward to that because this is a group while they may not, may not be juniors or or technically young riders they are younger riders and they're just making that step to the big league aren't they yes they are and you know I mean like everyone we we need a little guidance and um, this program is so far looking like we can we can offer that for them uh, tell us about the one that you conducted um, at Hamilton Farm recently over there in, in Gladstone. You had a couple of days with them. 
Yeah, and that was actually the first time we started this talent search program. And the first day we had, I believe it was 13 riders that showed up. And um, I had left three open spots in the clinic. I was going to invite three riders from the talent search into the regular developing clinic. And Ann Gribbons actually was there with me to kind of oversee the whole thing. And uh, we were both very impressed with the turnout and the quality. And it ended up that, um, you know, it was pretty hard to decide. I mean, I could have made a clinic from all 13 from the, the, the talent search day. But since I was only allowed to choose so many, I did end up Anna and I talked about it. We did take four instead of three. So I ended up doing nine in the clinic instead of eight. But it was um, very successful, great talent, um, very hungry riders. And it was really, it was just really a great experience. And what uh, sort of age group were they then, Debbie? Well, I had a couple of uh, Brentina Cup riders. And then I had... Um, some people that are probably in their uh, late 20s, I would say, and maybe uh, early 30s, and um, all of which, you know, have very, very interesting horses. Uh, and if we can keep, you know, these people on a path and keep them with, um, you know, some good instruction, most of them do have good instruction, and some are in areas that they don't have that ability. So that's always going to be a challenge that's you know for sure yeah really and you know that is kind of an age group i guess you know if you're professional and you you, you feel like you've served some kind of apprenticeship you know you've done juniors and young riders and it's just making that crossing that bridge isn't it into you know what next sometimes you just need that bit of help i think this is a terrific program yes i, I mean i do too and and like i said i think it you know it's going to take a few years years to really get all the kinks worked out but um so far it's been well received and um we've had some great combinations in in all the ones i've done so you know we just have to keep building on that and this talent search part is i think going to serve to be a a very important factor in the in the whole program well, we should mention that four riders um, that you said you got down to four riders there. Um, we are going to get them all on the show here at some point, Debbie. You know, we'd just love to have these younger people come on and tell us their stories because you know they each have a story as to how they got where they where they are now and where they want to go. So those four riders um, will, over the next few weeks, come on here on onto the uh, Dressage Radio Show and tell us their stories. Um, that's going to be Laura Graves, Justin Hardin, Teresa Butter, and Brandy Benedict. Uh, now, are they from all over the country, Debbie, or, where, where, or are they just mainly from the East Coast? No, I had some come as far as Florida, um, and then I think there was Maine, um, quite a few. I mean, from that, you know, they, they travel distances, I would say that. It wasn't all from very local, okay. so it was it was exciting to see that. Well, great. Well, if you listen to the Dressage Radio Show, you know we always encourage uh, juniors and young riders to uh, come on the show here. We do have a regular segment with uh, 
uh, Mary Lauritsen, who has young, a young rider segment, but uh, we, we always want to hear from you. So if any of you riders took part in this uh, uh, talent search or the dressage clinics with Debbie, all you have to do is contact me, chris at horseradionetwork.com, and I'll be sure to uh, have you come on the show. Well, Debbie, you know, we had, uh, we've got all kinds of news this week, uh, and I just want to start off with one important announcement that just came from the FEI Dressage Commi Committee, and that was um, a recommendation from them to wear protective headgear, and uh, that comes to, comes to all competitors to, uh, and encourage, to encourage you to wear properly fasten safety helmets don't just put them on your head but be sure to fasten them as well when in training and in pre-competition warm-ups at all international dressage shows and those riders of course uh, are encouraged to um, uh, to do that but they all still have a choice of wearing protective headgear in the actual competition arena itself and now this follows on Debbie from the US uh, Dressage Federation of course they recently uh, announced their support of, of, of this um, move to get all riders to be wearing helmets. Are you finding that this is, when you're out and about, Debbie, that more people are paying attention to this uh, advice? Yeah, I would have to say I wasn't so um, impressed with the people following still in Europe, but um, hopefully now with this coming out, it will start. Um, there were still there there's a few there definitely are a few but i would still say the majority are not wearing helmets during the warm-up so you know hopefully we can make a difference here because it, it certainly is as proven to save lives and brain injuries well it certainly is and, and as we mentioned on the show last week um, your good friend of course gunter seidel um, took a very bad fall over there in Europe and fractured his pelvis, but he also had a collapsed lung, punctured his lung, and was back in ICU, I think, recently to uh, drain that collapsed lung. Um, but as, as we pointed out then, Debbie, as you know, he was wearing a helmet. Yes, he was. And, and you know, that right there in itself just, you know, really makes you wonder. I mean, if, if a horse can unseat Gunter, then... I think we all should pay attention. <laughs> yes, absolutely, because he's very long in the leg, and when he wraps his legs around a horse, it ta he's going to take some shifting, isn't he? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I, I wish him well. I'm texting him constantly, and, um, you know, I hope he can get, can get home soon. Absolutely. Well, we send our best wishes to, to him, and I'm sure when he's ready, we'll get him back on the show. He's been a guest in the past, and I would love to have him back on when he's uh, back on his feet and is feeling like feeling sociable again and uh, past the pain as well. Hopefully, you'll be back here and pain-free. Yes. Well, then it all happened at Rotterdam last week at the CHIO. Uh, yet more uh, scores in the 90s there. Did you see that? That uh, Totilus got 90.14% in the freestyle. I know. It seems like every time we're talking, we talk about this. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> I know. I mean, I just can't believe it. But yes, it, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. It really is, and you know, there was, there was seven point difference between him and Adeline Cornelison with Parsifal, 83.93, which is nothing to be ashamed of, is it? But it's an enormous difference still. It really is. I mean, you know, they, when you see them in person, I mean, there is no doubt if both horses go, in my opinion, if both horses go at their best, he's 
still is in a league of his own. Yeah, he's going to be very, very hard to beat. But um, yeah. it was uh, it was a Dutch one, two, three there at the Rotterdam uh, CHIO. As I said, Totilus uh, topped the leaderboard there with ninety point fourteen, with uh, Adeline Cornelissen in second place on eighty three point nine three, followed by M. Kashelikens Bartels on eighty one point two five with Sunrise. Uh, well, n none of them too shabby there, Debbie. Really, <laughs> not at all. Not. At all. And, of course, uh, the, not surprisingly, the Dutch won the Nations Cup over there, and uh, M, that was Adelind Imker and uh, Hans-Peter Minderhoud, who joined uh, uh, Totilis and Edward Gall to take that uh, Nations Cup title from uh, Germany in second place. And then Canada, uh, Robert uh, Dover's squad were third, with an average of 67.244%. As we get into the summer, we just, uh, what, less than 100 days away now. I think it's like 95 days from WEG, Debbie. Oh, really? I, I haven't been counting, so I'm glad you let me know. <laughs> well, the only, reason, the only reason I can be that precise um, and it, uh, as of today because last Thursday we celebrated the 100 day uh, event countdown uh, for the Altec wow. FEI World Equestrian Games. It was a, um, a live event that took place um, in downtown Lexington here uh, with lots of uh, celebrities, people that are involved with the games locally. And uh, we also had a, a, a delegation from Normandy, of course, will be hosting the 2014 games. They were in town to celebrate with us. And uh, I was uh, uh, honoured to be hosting the um, live event, which was... Uh, live on the internet uh, for Altec. We covered the whole the whole event for two hours, uh, the celebrations and lots of interviews too. And that's at uh, altec.com forward slash games. If you want to watch that two hour celebration, it was a party spirit down in downtown Lexington. And I think uh, just reminded us all, Debbie, that, you know, it really is just a couple of months away now. Yeah, it is. It's coming on us very fast. It, it really is, and it's heating up here in, in uh, Lexington. I have to tell you, we're in the 90s now, so I think we're going to be ready for the September and fall uh, temperatures by the time WEG comes around. Well, let's hope so. <coughs> I, I, it's going to be hard enough being in, in Gladstone in August, so I think the horses would be very happy if it was a little bit cooler when we got to Lexington. Uh, tell me, does it get very hot in the summer in Idaho, uh, Debbie, or are you high enough to be above that humidity? Oh, we can get in the 90s, but, but what you have to remember here is we're basically considered high desert, so there is not any humidity, so even if it's that hot, and being in a mountainous area, it's always down in the 40s during the evening, so it's it's quite quite lovely i must say oh that sounds very attractive you wouldn't want to trade would you for a couple of months <laughs> I, yeah i would like to trade so i'm here <laughs> <laughs> all right well I, I i want to take a little break here to hear from our friends have a kentucky performance products but when we come back um i'm delighted to tell you that we have an update on courtney king die from her good friend lyndon gray so don't go away we'll be back in just a second 
Hi, Glenn the Geek here. Choose Kentucky Performance Products Supplements because the horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. This week, I want to speak with you about Elevate Maintenance Powder. Horses consuming limited grass due to a busy competition schedule or because of diet restrictions may not be getting enough natural vitamin E. Horses in rigorous training, seniors, broodmares, and stallions often require additional levels of vitamin E to meet their needs. When you need a supplement with natural vitamin E, choose Elevate Maintenance Powder. Affordable, effective, and research-proven, Elevate Maintenance Powder's vitamin E is nature's most powerful antioxidant, protecting your horse on the cellular level. Elevate Maintenance Powder supports the strong immune system and healthy muscle function necessary for top performance. It's affordable and easy to feed, and you can learn more about this and all their products at kppusa.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Well, Lyndon joined me the other day to give us an update on Courtney King Dye, and I know that you had the opportunity to visit her in, in her rehab facility over there in New Jersey, Debbie, when you were over there recently. Yes, actually, when we, um, Anne and I actually went over to see her, and she was at the residence inn. I guess that she goes there on the weekends. Um, so her, her friends and her dog dogs and her family can be over there and um, she still goes to the facility in the evenings to sleep but gets to have the day off from her you know very busy schedule of therapy and um, and gets to be with family and friends so that's where we actually went to visit with her terrific it, it was really quite a treat and what an inspiration she really has the motivation, doesn't she? And I and uh, I was delighted uh, with with to hear from the from Lyndon. So let's share that with everybody, Debbie. Hi, Lyndon. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back because I know you've got some really good news about Courtney's progress. Well, perhaps the most exciting news is that uh, hopefully on uh, this Thursday she will be released from inpatient as an inpatient at Kessler and will be an outpatient there where she will be at Kessler um, four days a week and uh, working from staying in a hotel and, and doing her, her, her therapy there and then we'll be able to go home for three days. So that's incredibly exciting. Um, she's in her rehab. She is with assistance, able to walk. Uh, little assistance, mostly just, you know, and it's slow and it's labored, absolutely. And she can, uh, the last time I was there, uh, not too long ago, she was talking about, telling me about her work going up and down stairs. They had in the rehab a, a four-stair, little flight of stairs. And she, you know, she has to use a railing, of course, and it's slow. And and uh, the part, she said, was the, was sort of the most difficult was the turning around at the top, keeping her balance and and getting her legs to, to move that way. And, but that day she had done it uh, three times up and down those four steps. Her speech is still labored, but uh, very understandable. Um, and her spirits are still unbelievable. She just, she is absolutely remarkable in her uh, determination, her sense of humor her uh, looking at her situation, looking it in the face, you know, um, taking it as it is. Uh, obviously, there's wouldn't be a little 
upset by it and frustrated by it, but not letting it get her down and just saying, this is what it is, and I'm going to make the very best of it. She has, um, uh, she was first when we talked about uh, doing therapeutic riding, which so many people have asked about. Um, she she just felt, you know, that wasn't for her. She was a big-time rider, not not to be in that situation. But now she absolutely understands its value um, and is looking into doing that um, fairly soon um, and uh, has come to understand the, the real the value of those horses, and that's their job, and they understand her situation and will take care of her and her situation. So hopefully... Um, before too long, she will be also uh, on a horse in a therapeutic riding situation. Well, that's just amazing progress, Lyndon. Um, and I and I know she's had a little bit of a struggle with the left and the right side. Tell us yes. how they're doing now. Each, uh, the lefty and righty, I think she calls them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and um, <clears throat> lefty, of course, its main job is learning to uh, do all the things that righty used to do such as writing and uh, working on the computer and brushing her teeth and all those things. But Righty, when I was there a few days ago, she could lift it straight above her head, almost straight above her head. She can move it left and right. She still has a hard time rotating it, so it's, it's improving. And, of course, her right leg goes along with it, is improving, um, uh, as is proven by the fact that, you know, she's, she's able to do uh, some walking. So there's in everything that she does, there is improvement. There's still no way of knowing to what, you know, how far back everything will come. We're all absolutely hopeful, and it's not unreasonable to believe that it will all come back completely. Um, it'll be a long time. Um, and you just, you basically, with this therapy, you take it a day at a time and just keep looking forward. And... Uh, uh, that she's doing. She's just, um, it's unbelievable how hard she's working at it. Well, she clearly has the determination in which is, is showing through, and I think that, um, you know, shows what, what a professional she is, what a, what a champion, what a survivor, yeah. and, and, and not, just never satid, satisfied with enough. She, she just keeps yeah. pushing herself. Exactly as she was as a rider. And we're often, when we're talking, we're comparing her teaching her body <clears throat> to work correctly again with retraining a horse and she's done that with such amazing success taking horses with problems and and with her infinite patience and and uh, attention to detail brought them to the international level and that's what she's doing with her body now she's she's uh, retraining it and using the same methods and mental uh, uh, discipline that she did with her horses and she's demonstrated that mental discipline by now updating her own blogs on her website. Yes, and and uh, she would do it more often. The typing is, is difficult because, first of all, she doesn't have, I mean, she's in rehab so long, and then at the end of rehab she's pretty tired each day. But uh, <clears throat> it's, you know, the, the typing with one hand, relearning how to, how to do that at this point. So it, the, those, those updates take her time to get them done. And hopefully we're going to be seeing more and more of them as, as she gets, uh, you know, as her rehab pro progresses. So she'll, she's able to have visits from her dogs quite regularly now, is she? 
Oh, yes. Her, her dogs, they're, they're not allowed in the building, but from the first day that she was up there at Kessler, they could bring the dogs and she could come down and, and meet them. And, and, I mean, I've been there where we went out on the sort of edge of the parking lot where there's a field and, and uh, just sit and chat and have the dogs running around the field. It's, it's been wonderful. Well, that's an, just fantastic news. And has she, has she been able to, I know she's been home, hasn't she? Has she been able to uh, visit her horses? Uh, she was. She was went home once. She completely planned herself a surprise birthday party for her husband, and um, basically organized everybody. You're doing this, and you're doing this, and you're doing that. And uh, but she hasn't yet been to see the horses. She's just had the one trip home to her her own home. Well, I'm sure that will come fairly soon, but she has a kind of, as you say, halfway house now with the hotel um, yeah. uh, stay. That do, do, do they give you any idea of how long that would be, London? I don't know that. You know, my, I've only been looking to the point that she gets out and, and um, you know, at what point the rehab will become a little less and, you know, they'll, they'll back off of it gradually, and I don't know beyond that. Well, it's terrific progress every every inch of the way, and we're delighted that you've been able to come and uh, join us here on the show, Lyndon, and give us these updates. We really yeah. do appreciate that, Lyndon. And please send her our very best wishes from everyone at the Dressage Radio Show, won't you? And I know she's had the most incredible response from around the world, and she's been wading through her, her emails, hasn't she, that have been printed yeah. out for her? She has three huge, you know, sort of four-inch thick binders of the emails that have been printed out. And uh, uh, only, oh, maybe about two weeks ago was when she really started methodically going through them and has just been amazed at the outpouring of love and, and best wishes and prayers from everyone. And she's, she's wanted to make the point that there's no way, of course, she can answer all of these. And uh, so she tries to, you know, send the message on her own website um, and uh, to, to answer everyone. I mean, there was no way anyone could answer all of those, those emails, uh, but they are very much appreciated. And she's still getting through them. She's still um, uh, getting through to the end of, of all those that have been sent. Well, I know they keep coming, all those best wishes, yeah. and uh, we'll do whatever we can to convey her, her wishes, too. If, if she wants to uh, tell you some, a message that she can, uh, we can share here on the radio show to uh, fans around the world, because we're now in uh, 42 countries, so there's a lot of people out there listening to this, London, who are obviously delighted to have these updates. Yeah. So if she wants okay. to use this as, as, a, as a vehicle for her message, we'd be delighted to share that, obviously. I I will take that to her, absolutely. Well, thanks again for joining us, Linda. Send her our very best wishes, and thanks for, for the update. And uh, you take care. Have a great summer, and stay cool up there in the New England. Oh, absolutely. It's a beautiful day today. I wish it'd stay like this all summer. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Thank you, Linda. Well, thanks again to Lyndon Gray, um, of course, Courtney's great friend who's been with her throughout uh, watching her progress and uh, been a great supporter of her, and we really appreciate Lyndon giving us these updates. And, and as you said, Debbie, she has just such great spirit, Courtney, doesn't she? I mean, she seems to be absolutely determined. It's the, the Olympic spirit, wouldn't you say? Oh, there's no doubt. And uh, like I said, she has such a good sense of humor. I mean, we found ourselves laughing quite hard at a few times and um you know she's she can laugh at herself and and i mean i don't know i mean i just i just 
admire her so much. I always have, but even more so now. I just can't believe the the drive and determination she has. And I just know that with that, she will get to where she wants to go. Well, we will be following her progress, of course. And uh, I know there's lots of people around the world here that are supporting her. And as we heard from Lyndon, you know, there, that she has folders and folders of emails to, uh, gosh, she could never be bored uh, with for reading Debbie with all the material that she's got, all the emails from people around the world, as Lyndon said, you know, it's been an amazing outpour of support from the dressage community. I know. It's been very, very nice to hear. I can tell you that is really, really great. It's heartening. It really is. Well, thanks again to Lyndon. We'll keep you posted on Courtney's progress. And uh, we're going to come to our guest, uh, second guest this week on the show. But before we get to that, uh, we have a message from Glenn the Geek. Glenn the Geek here, and we get many emails every week from people who really like the shows, and they ask how they can help support the Horse Radio Network. Well, you already do that by listening to the shows and by buying from all of our fantastic sponsors. And now you can add to that by supporting us directly and very easily. The next time you need something from Amazon, just go to any of our websites and click on the Amazon banner in the middle of the page. Then go on and buy your Amazon items. It won't cost you a penny more, just an extra click. But Amazon gives us a little bit back just because you clicked on the banner. Tell your family and friends to do the same thing. Every little bit helps us to keep giving you the quality equestrian programming that you have come to love. Thanks for listening. Well, thanks again to, to Glenn. And uh, as I say, we're coming to our guest of the week now. Well, I'm joined now by Robert Dover, still in Germany on, on the tour there, Robert. You've had a busy time of it, and not least of all with the Canadian team, which we want to catch up with, uh, but also visiting your good friend, Gunther. Yes, Chris, it's been a great two days spending time with Gunther in the hospital, and I'm really pleased with his progress and know for sure that he's going to be absolutely fine. So uh, he was actually up and about today making short walks from sort of one side of the bed to the other with his crutches, learning how to deal with the crutches. And uh, he can only put weight on his right leg for the next six weeks. So it's a, a major undertaking to sort of like learn how to walk and then uh, build himself up again. And it's going to be quite a long recovery over the next, uh, actually, the next half a year before he uh, has the plate and the screws taken out again that are holding his pelvis together and, and mending them. Well, so was the fracture mainly on the left side then, Robert? No, he, he had what was called an open book fracture of his pelvis. So if you can imagine your pelvis and then being like a book opening at the middle oh, it broke wow. it broke clean in half oh. and and uh, you know there was a lot of tissue damage as well and so this it, amazingly he, he ended up with one of if not the finest surgeons thoracic surgeons in the country of Germany uh, doing his uh, his surgery, and so 
Um, whereas other surgeons, it may have taken three separate surgeries to do the job. This one surgeon who's so efficient and adept at it that in one surgery he was able to perform everything that was needed for Gunter to be able to uh, to recover. And so uh, the the thing was actually that while he was in the ICU, um, he had he had come in with that fracture and also uh, a collapsed lung and when they um, they put a tube in you know and intubated him and then um, the, they took that tube out and it, it, it probably too early because his lung collapsed again and then um, earlier in the week and then then they needed to put the, the tube back in and that caused him a huge amount of pain so for a couple of days he was just in really horrible pain and by the time I arrived uh, and got to see him he had just had the tube taken back out so he was so relieved and between yesterday and today he's just you know progressed really really well well that's a relief to know i know there's another concern uh, friends and colleagues over here um, been following his progress that that must have been quite a buck to throw gunter off because once he wraps his long legs around a horse he, he would take some moving it must have been quite yeah. quite a bucking spree that he went i on. think i think so i think that you know it, it was sort of a combination of the fact that the horse had flown over and had not had any exercise and uh, it's just one of those things that you know a couple of different things happened at the same time and Gunter was just stepping into the stirrup and you know went for sort of a spree and ended up flying off and uh, fortunately uh, Klaus and Judith you know had were right there as well as uh, his assistant Fernando and they uh, trauma-hawked him to the the Munster Hospital here. And, um, yeah, and surgery was performed, like, right away. So he was very, very well taken care of and uh, and continues to be very well taken care of. And now, of course, his mom is here, and he's been visited by a lot of friends, and uh, the Balkan holes come daily. And so it's been, you know, he's not been without lots of care and lots of caregivers. Well, lots of love and support. Well, that's really good news to know and that he is turning a corner now. Would you, do you have any idea, Robert, when he'll be able to fly again and come back to the States? Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say, but one thing is for sure, he will not fly until a lung specialist uh, approves him to do so. So they're going to, what they're doing now for the next few days is getting him more mobilized and moving him around a bit more each day and doing the physical therapy. And then after a few days, I think they're going to bring in um, a specialist who can take a look and, and make sure that his lung uh, is able to withstand, you know, the pressures um, from flying. Of course, and not least of all, his comfort level to sit for an extended period too. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, I think he'll he will fly uh, privately home, uh-huh. and Good. so he won't need to worry about sitting. He'll be able to lay in a bed, and but but you know, needless to say, no matter what, we've got to make sure that everybody's going to make sure that he is one hundred percent fit to 
for the Absolute, fight. Absolutely. Well, good to have your first-hand update, Robert, and we, of course, send him all our love and best wishes and for a very speedy recovery and uh, not least of all getting back in the saddle in due course because uh, right. you know, that must have uh, obviously disappointing, but, you know, when you're thrown out of the saddle for that length of time as a professional rider, Robert, you know yourself it, it's incredibly disruptive, but we have to count our blessings. We surely do, and, you know, uh, uh, also, you know, the fact that he was wearing his crash helmet was probably something that saved him uh, a much greater injury. So, you know, once again, uh, North Americans are really leading the way in showing that they are safety conscious by wearing their crash helmets. Yeah, a fine example, as you say, and, and I think we, we are, from what I'm hearing, that uh, it is not common practice for dressage riders in Europe yet. Are you seeing that, Robert? Uh, I, I will say that the Canadians at every show have worn their crash helmets all the time when they are not in the main show ring itself. And um, I, I have also seen uh, at least one Dutch rider wearing their crash helmet here at the show at, in Rotterdam. And um, so, you know, I think that, and, and there, there was an FBI announcement today that strongly urges riders to wear their crash helmets while not in the, the main show arena itself at all other times. And so I think that, you know, there's definitely uh, sort of a wave, uh, if, if not the tide turning toward, um, toward people being more conscious of the fact that there's not one reason not to put on a crash helmet while one's on a horse. And, you know, in one flash of a second, life can change, and we've seen that now again and again recently. Uh, and uh, it certainly behooves us to to really take heed of that. Well, it certainly does, and there's a fine example and uh, of Gunter being probably saved from more serious injuries by wearing Absolutely. his crash helmet. Well, I want to turn to Rotterdam now, uh, Robert, because, of course, you were there with the Canadian team, another outing for them as part of their European tour. How did it go? I was very pleased with the, our results as being the third best nation. And so, um, you know, we ended up in what you would call a bronze uh, position for uh, the Nations Cup. So I, w I, was, I was very, very proud of, of the Canadian team there. And uh, we also had a third place in the Grand Prix Special, as well as seventh and 11th in the Grand Prix Freestyle. And so, um, yeah, it was a good show all the way around. And so how, how, uh, what, what next for you? What, how, will the riders still stay over there? They're going to go to Aachen, presumably? In yeah, our, our, our next uh, big outing for the squad will be Aachen. Um, in the meantime, I'm taking a, a, a short break and going home for 10 days. And the horses ha are, are having a little downtime right now, uh, although I'm going back to the farm tomorrow. We'll be doing some riding there from now until Friday. And um, so with each horse, we're, we're treating each one as an, as an individual. And uh, then uh, I will be back on the 5th of July to get back into full training and prepare for Aachen, which basically will go around the 13th, 14th to Aachen, and the show goes through the week. 
So tell us all about the, the, all of the riders that you have there and, and what that schedule looks like now through to your final. When do you actually finally name your team for WEG, Robert? I, I, I think that the criteria states uh, from Canada that the team will be named in the very beginning of August. Okay. And, um, of course, the tour finishes for the squad here directly after Aachen. However, uh, <coughs> there are some Canadians here as well as the squad, and they will be competing in other shows, uh, such as Fierzen, Pompadour, um, and, uh, and, and shows around Europe where they're trying to qualify. And, of course, we have riders in North America that are also trying to qualify. And so in the very beginning of August, the team will be named. And then um, my plan is to do soccer tees in the, in, in the middle of August. Uh, I, think, I think the third week of August. And then in the um, on September 12th, we have a uh, send-off to Kentucky benefit for our team up in Toronto. And so the team will be there, and, and probably within the next day or two after, they'll head down to Lexington, where we will be at the farm of Kathy Priest, and... Um, and we'll have a training camp there to prepare to go then onto the showgrounds. Terrific. Well, let's just go back to Aachen, and your riders in Aachen will be um, um, Ashley, Ashley Holzer, uh, yes. and, and Belinda, Belinda Trussell. Y yes. At right now, the uh, the team is set as um, as uh, the team that went to Rotterdam. However, uh, the final entries are not for uh, until the 30th of this month so i can't say that you know for certain that it will be exactly as it was um you know there it, it as, as always what we try to do is um do what is necessary for the horses and the riders to peak at the right times for each competition and because we have quite a group of horses and riders and the squad is larger than and it, then a four-person team, then we're just sort of holding off until uh, we actually have to to finally name the team. Well, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Robert, you know, you had a very creditable third place in Rotterdam um, behind Germany and then, of course, the Dutch who won. Right. It, the Canadians really are stepping up now. In fact, uh, just to compare this with eventing, you know, we've got David O'Connor, the American David O'Connor, training the Canadian event team. And between the, the dressage and the event teams now, the Canadians really are stepping up at a time when, we, you know, they're going to be just next door uh, neighbours for, for the World Equestrian Games. It must give you, must fill you with excitement and, and confidence to see how well your riders are going now as you prepare them for their first major championship this year. Yeah, I'm. I've been thrilled with the riders. I have to say, not only because they've done well, but because they are an absolute pleasure to deal with. You know, um, I had, in all honesty, forgotten how great many of these Canadian riders are. And when you look at someone like Bonnie Bonello, for instance, riding, you see years and years of in amazingly classical training 
in in this woman um and just you know all of the qualities that you look for in great riders are in so many of these canadian riders and so that's been a total pleasure for me and um you know so that the day-to-day work with them has been fun and inspirational and you know i i love the the challenge of trying to put things together and and uh, also you know to bring them to the arena and making them feel like they have a great chance to um succeed that's i think the the job of any coach and uh as i've gone through my life i've had you know great coaches and some that weren't so great and so you know i try each time to do whatever is necessary to make my riders feel like they have a, a huge chance to do terrific in the arena well, I think it's fair to say, Robert, that you've brought these, this team on so to the point where they're going to be very serious contenders for a medal when it gets to Kentucky in the, in the fall. And we want to wish you the very best of luck with them. And on the rest of the tour, enjoy your short break because no sooner will you be past that and then on to Arkan, of course, always a great competition. You must be looking forward to going back there too. I love going to Arkan. It's <laughs> just, you know, there's nothing like it. And, uh, my friend Frank Kemperman puts on the show of all shows. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to having a great showing from the team. Well, we certainly appreciate you taking time off to speak to us today, Robert. The very best of luck. Safe travels to you, and we look forward to catching up with you later in the year. Thanks, Chris. Take good care. Well, Debbie, um, tip of the week this week, I think you've got a brilliant idea. Um, tell us about this, having a plan and the importance of walk breaks. Uh, you know, that's, you know uh, the, just the very title there tells me what you have in mind and how important it is to have a plan before you get on the horse and not just make it up as you go along, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think everybody should be getting on the horse with some type of a plan that they want to work on that day. And I see so many times uh, people that, And I think I've said it before, you know, a lot of people that have a busy schedule and work that uh, they only have so much time to ride and they try to get everything done in a short amount of time. And um, in that process, never really giving the horse a proper walk break in between and giving the muscles a chance to get some oxygen in them and and just, you know, take a breather and and uh, and have a time to think about it themselves. So, um you know, I always say that, that there should always be a walk break um, several times during your work and make sure that if you make your five minutes, then should be a sufficient amount of walk time in between, not just one, but in after, you know, uh, a period of work, then a nice walk break and, and also a time for you to reflect on how you think your work's going and, um if you really think you need to, to work on that again, or if you thought that it was it was kind of getting the point across and leave that alone for today and come back again another day to that subject. Because you can definitely, you know, overdo that and not give the horse enough walk, which for me is not only important physically but mentally. Well, I think that's a good point. I was just thinking mentally how important that is, you know, when a horse is, especially a young horse, absorbing a lot of information to give them that that mental break. Um, it, it, You know, I think about my own routine, my own work routine, and I take sort of just mini breaks in between sets of, you know, whatever exercises I'm doing because it just reminds me to stop. 
am I doing it correctly? Yeah. You know, it's, that it's, it's like I said, it's so important. That's a great tip, Debbie. Thanks for that. Well, we have some email questions uh, for you this week, Debbie. And the first one comes from Catherine, who says she loves listening to all of the radio shows. We're delighted to hear that, Catherine. And she says, although I'm not f as familiar with dressage as other disciplines, I wonder if you could explain the show on the show a tiny bit um, and have some de def definition of terms. For instance, she asks, what do we re mean by riding your horse more uphill? How is that done? And can we show a short video of three different horses all being ridden more uphill on the page that the term um, is discussed? And what is the FEI definition, if there is one, of riding a horse uphill? Well, first of all, I should say, before I throw this to, back to Debbie, um, Catherine, we don't have videos. So you probably could find them on YouTube. If you Google or go to YouTube, you may be, will be able to find examples. Or you could go to the U.S. Dressage Federation. That's usdf.org. And they may be able to uh, give you some video or point you to some videos that were made to demonstrate this. But the best we can do with radio is give a description. And who better to explain this than Debbie? Well, um, thank you again, Catherine, for, for writing in. We do enjoy your emails. Um, basically, riding a horse uphill is, is that feeling it, it, that you really are more or less going uphill. That would be a horse that's, that's more going in an, in, a, in an open frame versus a horse that is being pulled down on the forehand and curled up in the neck. Um, and this is a lot can have to do with confirmation as well. If you have a quarter horse, for instance, that's built very downhill, then it's going to be a very difficult feat to ride your horse incredibly uphill. So a lot of it has to do with the confirmation of the horse, for sure. And then the training, where you can get the horse more engaged from the hind end, and that gives the, the ability for the horse to stay a little more free and open in the shoulder and gives that, that feeling of going uphill. Yeah, and it, it's a uh, that 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 I can't think of a better way to explain that, Debbie, than that uphill. Just having your horse up in front of you. It's correctly. As, I mean, that's very true. Well, I hope that's helpful, Catherine. And I don't know if there's an actual definition, Debbie, from the FEI on 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 this. I think it's just it's more an interpretation and the best best way to describe it, isn't it, the, uh, by calling it uphill. That's right. As far as I know, there is not a definition. I think this is all part of their proper training, you know, the development. And uh, it's a term that we use to try to get the rider to understand a little more of the frame that we're looking for and the horse's engagement. Terrific. Well, thanks, Debbie. And again, Catherine, uh, check out the usdf.org. Contact them at the uh, National uh, Education Center, where they may have materials to help you better understand that and the definition of the terms that we use. Because um, that is certainly, certainly something we want to inter and translate for you. If any of you are new to the sport, we don't want to be blinding you with acronyms and <laughs> abbreviations, because it, it is a language in of itself, isn't it, Debbie? We use all kinds of things. We don't realize what we're saying sometimes and uh, 
That's very true. <laughs> but we also have an email, Debbie, from uh, Dawn Freiler. Dawn has written to, to us a few times, Dawn, and we really appreciate it. You have several really, really good questions and topics for us to discuss here on the show. Of course, um, the, you, you sent in several ideas, so we'll get to all of them eventually. But I want to begin with one that you have um, targeted uh, particularly for, uh, for Debbie's attention. Uh, when Debbie mentioned classical dressage uh, a few weeks ago, Ago, um, Dawn asks, well, how does classical dressage differ from what we see now in the ring? And, and also, Debbie, apparently you mentioned in the show that it was disheartening to see the judges penalize horses um, whose heads are a tad beyond the vertical. Uh, Dawn would like to know why you find this disturbing and to learn really more about what you mean by that. So over to you. Well, basically, um, first I have to say that um, since I had made this statement, being over in Europe this last trip, I was very um, excited to see how horses were being ridden. And it was more like what I wanted, what I was trying to explain about classical dressage, where horse is much higher in the pole and a little more open in the frame. And um, that wasn't the way it was in the past. Um, when I was showing, especially, there were many times that horses were being rewarded for um, being a little low in the pole and behind the verticals. So now since this whole thing has come about with Roker, um, I have been pleasantly surprised at watching the warm-up in Europe is, um, is much more discreet about how they're warming these horses up, and it's much more in a classical way, and, um, and the horses are being rewarded for this. So for me, it is, uh, I can almost retract that statement and say that things, in my opinion, are moving more into a classical way which is very exciting. Well, that is good to know. It is exciting too, isn't it, Debbie? I think you and I are both of the classical dressage school and, uh, you know, to see those principles not only used but rewarded by the judges in the in the dressage arena, I think is, it, it just, just speaks to a transformation in the sport and a, and, a, and a positive direction for the sport. Absolutely. I mean, I, I love to watch, look at the old, old pictures, you know, mm, of the whole yes. kids. Well. I mean, it's such a different look than what we've seen in, in, in our sport, the way it's been going. And I think that we're going, I'm hoping that we're going a back towards that classical way again, which, you know, was how I was taught and, uh, and I believe in. So it's very lovely to see. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, I hope that helps you, Dawn, uh, and uh, in uh, the answering your question to uh, classical dressage, and hopefully you'll make your observations too when you're watching uh, international dressage, um, and in fact dressage at all levels, but particularly the role models that um, obviously you follow and you obviously enjoy watching people like Debbie, and uh, there's still lots of videos out there of Debbie uh, training too, so don't forget to ch check those out on YouTube. And uh, your other questions, as I said to you uh, in my email, uh, Dawn, we will get to those uh, in future shows, and thanks again for all those suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to send me an email, chris at horseradionetwork.com, with any questions or suggestions for me or any of our co-hosts here on the show. Well, we're coming towards the end of the show here this week, uh, Debbie, but we have one one uh, announcement from Glenn the, Ke Glenn the Geek. So uh, let's hear from Dan, uh, Glenn about uh, a World Equestrian Games Bluegrass Medallion Giveaway. 
Hi, Glenn the Geek here. Don't forget to register today to win one of the official medallions of the Alltech FEI World Equestrian Games. Bluegrass Medallions has kindly donated this amazing set of medallions, a gold, a silver, and a bronze, worth over $500, and you can win one today. Just go to horseradionetwork.com to register to win. It's free and easy. We want to thank Bluegrass Medallions for the donation and the giveaway. That's horseradionetwork.com to register to win. Well, we want to thank Bluegrass Medallions for donating those medallions worth over $500. And register again to win those at horseradionetwork.com. Well, as I said, we're coming to the end of the show here. I want to remind you all uh, to follow our show notes at dressageradio.com or our Facebook uh, fan page. Uh, go, go, out to, go over to fan, Facebook and just uh, search for Dressage Radio Show, and there we are. We post the uh, updates on the fan page. Not least of all, uh, Twitter, we update that too. Um, Horse Radio and Chris E. Stafford. And as I said, you can always email me, chris at horseradionetwork.com with any comments, questions and suggestions. If you prefer the phone, please leave a message at 270-803-0025. I'd like to thank our sponsors again for making this show possible and also our crew, Glenn the Geek and Brian, who turn these shows out every week for you. I hope... uh, you all follow us again next week. I'll be back with Mary Lauritsen and another Young Rider segment um, on our show here and uh, looking forward to catching up with Mary again. And, you know, great to have that Young Rider input, Debbie. Uh, you know, it's great. You know, we, we, we try and cover all aspects of the sport here, but um, I, I really get excited by the Young Rider element in the sport these days, as I'm sure you do. Oh, that's true. They're, the, they're our future. They are. And you know what is exciting? When I look at uh, the talent out there and talk to these young people, there's just such a growth in the sport, you know, in the junior and young rider ranks, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Does it surprise you what the, the, the following in the sport and the number of young people that are coming into the sport? I mean, are you seeing the numbers increasing on your as you travel around the country? A little bit, um, you know, I, I still really would love to see, but I think, uh, you know, hopefully through these, the young rider programs and the developing programs, we can start to see even a, a larger following. Absolutely. Well, we also appreciate what you're doing for those young riders too with your developing uh, riders clinics and, uh, and of course, with the talent search as well. So where are you off to next, Debbie? Ella. Then back to New Jersey, and then I'm also going to the Developing Horse Championships in Illinois. So I'm going to be on the road quite a bit coming up here, and then off to the trials. Absolutely. Well, you be safe on your travels, Deb. Um, I hope you'll have time to join us again in a few weeks' time. I know how busy you are, but we always love to have you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It's always fun to be here. Well, I'll be back, same place, same time next week. So until then... Thanks for listening, and remember to practice safe riding by always wearing your helmets.